Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode. It is your host, Matilda. And it's Hadiza, your other host. And you're listening to the Africa Lipso podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to a new episode. This is the episode where we have a guest. Spoiler. Um, and our guest, he's worked in editorial, so um, text and video journalism, business development, online marketing, mm. PR. Mm. You know, edits. He's worked at Zcoco. Okay. Um, he's worked at Ringer. He's worked in the past at Cabal, right? Yeah, so Big Cabal. Is the current company that has Zikoko. Zikoko. Okay. Mm. Well, our guest has started introducing himself because we didn't do enough. So <laughs> we're just going to go ahead and introduce him. His name is Fuad Lawal. Hey, welcome on our podcast. Yeah, he was just waiting to use that word. <laughs> He's been <Yeah>. practicing. <laughs> so how are you today, Fuad? Yeah, I'm late. Like, I mean, you guys already know. I'm awake. That's what is important, right? Mm. That is what is important. We're recording bright and early today, you know, because, you know, it's good for your schedule. It's good for Hadiza because Hadiza gets very cranky once it's at the end of the day. So this is the best time to honestly, record. Honestly, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> and for, could you give us like, I, I obviously I gave us, I gave them a background of what you do, but could you give us just a little background on what you do in your own words? Yeah. Okay, so um, currently I work at Zikoko, and Zikoko is basically, Zikoko.com wants to amplify African youth culture for mm-hmm. young guys and people everywhere, basically. Mm-hmm. So our focus is, we like a lot, we like joy, we like smart content and we like joy, right? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the world is a mess. Can I, can I swear? Yes, yeah, you, can. you can. So can. the world is full of shit, right? <laughs> and, right? But we believe that there are people putting out the fire, like fires wherever they can, and they are worth talking about. So it's a lot of fun stuff, a lot of interesting stuff. Not a lot of the conventional stuff you expect from Nigerian media. So yeah, it's harder. Yeah, the first time I heard of Zikoko, I put it as the Nigerian BuzzFeed. Because, yeah, I mean, we get that. Yeah, you get that. You put out that vibe. And it was, it was really interesting because, like, for me, Nigerian media is so interesting because it's getting so much better right now, more relatable, because obviously we can see Western media, but then we can relate more to, With like, Nigerian. Nigerian content. So it just, it's really helpful. You guys are yeah. doing an amazing thing, to be very honest. It's actually one of my personal KPIs this year mm-hmm. to crack all of you in diaspora and send all of you to us. He said crack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explain how. Yeah. So first of all, it's, it's super interesting, but Nigerians obsessed, for example, about Canada, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Canada is like our true country and all of that. Mm. Let's be honest. He said our true country. Uh, our. As in like... <laughs> our, the promised land. Mm. <laughs> Go ahead. Like, everywhere. That's what everyone is saying, right? Mm-hmm. But it's super interesting. If you ask anybody, what is life like in Canada for yeah. Nigerians? Nobody knows. Yeah. Right? And if Zikoko, when Zikoko, because Zikoko will soon start, when Zikoko starts telling stories about Nigerians and diaspora, mm-hmm. right, it will help people in diaspora feel seen, right? And it will also, like, give people here the right type of ginger. Like, yes, mm-hmm. let me go to the embassy and line up. Yeah. <laughs> 
I feel like I think people are already gingered. First I feel of like all. a lot of times when I speak to Nigerians about like my experiences here, some people think, oh, like it can't be, it can't be that hard, you know, like it can't possibly be. And I always feel like, oh, like there's no point talking about it. Huh? You have lights. You have lights. I mean, I mean, in that aspect, yeah. But like, I feel like Nigerians over glamorize Canada to some extent. Like, depending on if you're coming and you're not like set on what you are doing specifically, you can suffer here. Like, it can be very hard. That's true. Yeah. That's so definitely I think, something. Yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you're right. It'd be hard out here. He's like, oh, it can't possibly be that hard. You have lights. I think I think it's just disregarding the hardness of it, yes. but then it's still better than Yay. like the worst. Like the worst person here is probably still better out than the worst person in Nigeria. Factually, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I know. Like I know that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how we actually found out about what? So I'm an avid loose talk listener. You can call <laughs> us giants, you know. So we've been listening to loose talk. I we, I think it was last year. Was it last year? Q4 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the episode, the episode that I remember you being on was um, all the hosts were talking about like the trip that you went on. So you went on a trip around all 36 states in Nigeria in 80 days, right? Yep. Yeah. And I remember listening to it and we both listened to podcasts. So like at the end of the week, we kind of like, did you listen to the Loose Talk podcast? And like, yeah, did you hear about the guy that went around? That's so cool. And then we added it to our bucket list. Like since we listened to that yeah. every like, say three months, I'm like, Hadiza, we're, we're still gonna, doing this, right? Yeah. You know, seriously, it's really inspiring. And it was crazy because you guys didn't, I don't think you really delved into it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I went on and I looked for the interview. You had an interview with Ayomide Tayo yeah, and AOT2. AOT2. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, popularly known as. They even know your loose talk properly. Yeah, oh, we, we do. We do. See, we, we even do um, loose talk. We make loose talk references sometimes. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, in yeah. real life too. <laughs> They're doing amazing things, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. to be very honest. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, the and then I, I read the article and I was like, oh, this is quite extensive. Like, it yeah. was part of a project. So, like, could you tell us a bit, like, what inspired that to start with? <laughs> so, I'm always there the true story. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Uh, exclusive, 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 exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke at Pulse, then I left, mm. then I came back to Pulse. Mm. But before I came back, I told all my friends around April, and I, April 2016, and I said, guys, clear out one week in December. All of us are going to Yankari. Oh, I need to go and flex. Yeah, I've been to Yankari. Yankari Yankari is in um, Bauchi State. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice place. Lions rubbing about. And when I went back to Pulse, I just knew that there was no way I was getting one week off work in December. Because <laughs> at Pulse, everybody works on holidays. Mm, like okay. Everybody's work, still working stories because they're like, ah, yeah, it's a media company. People still consume stuff even mm. when they're holidays. Yeah, and that's true. I started fantasizing. I was like, you know what? I mean... My friends say that I used to whine about, I used to talk about it a lot before, but I just started thinking, like, what if one day, like, what if I just travel around this entire country? And I just started fantasizing and thinking about it and taking notes and taking notes. And I'll never forget, December 31st, I just told Osagi, I was like, look, I want to travel around this country. I don't know how yet. I don't know. I don't, have a, I don't know. But like, I want to travel. And I don't want to lose my job because. <laughs> <laughs> you must not be serious. <laughs> <laughs> These are my options. My options were like the first time I'll be like, you know what? Osage, fuck off. 
right? I'm going to travel for three months. I don't care what will happen after. I don't mm. care that I'll be unemployed. It is, it is. I was scared. I was scared of unemployment. As you should oh. be. <laughs> I was like, Saki, can you allow me to travel for three months and come back and still have a job? Can I work? And my third option was, what if I just travel as work? Mm-hmm. Pitch it as an editorial project. So basically, it was a, it was how can we make everybody win? Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I'm going to pitch it, I'll never forget the day I pitched it to Osage. Mm-hmm. He was, was resting. There's, we have like a resting room at the office and it was in the evening. Like, I, I already know Osage's times, like the times where his defenses are like. His you know, sweet spot, yes. Like talking to your father. <laughs> <laughs> I was when I just I just pitched him this and I was like, look, I want to travel, this is this, that, that, that. And I was that like, yeah, but like how can we like fund this? Can we get brand? I was like, don't worry. I just opened it, showed him a new tab on my sheets. And that tab had every possible brand that we could be, that we could we should start talk, talking to like mm. to work on the coach. And it mm. was like fantastic, we are doing this shit. Hmm. And I mean, we ended up getting two people to pay for the project, nice. um, Samsung and Access Bank. But yeah, that that was basically it. I I That's was desperate to the office. Okay, had you had no break prior to that or what? Not really, actually. Oh. I was just I was really just desperate to leave the office. So you're like like very much an outside Out, person, outdoor like outdoor person. person. Yes, like you know what's actually wild. What's actually wild is that next week I'm taking my first leave, and instead of me resting, my itinerary has. Adamawa State, Taraba State, really? Borno State, Kutu State. But that's so cool. Like, yeah. what are you traveling for? Um, see, to be honest, like, so I have a problem. I don't know how to relax. Mm. I don't know how to. I don't know how to rest. Like, if I stay in Lagos, I'm going to be thinking about work, mm-hmm. right? But so I have, and I hate Lagos because I, I believe Lagos is like this giant BDSM parlor, like. <laughs> Well, like, that's very interesting <laughs> yeah because Lagos is like flogging us Lagos is torturing us mm. boring us it's mm. killing us boring mm. us. and we're like I love Lagos I love Lagos so we're actually mad all of us in Lagos are mad but why are you staying there yeah because the jobs are here yeah you're right for now no. Exactly. So like if, if, no. if I had if I had a remote package, I would live in Lagos. I hate Lagos so much. Like I was born here but And you grew up there? Yes. My parents were born here too. Huh. I've never heard anyone like you know you know it's very interesting because you actually did mention this during like your interview. You did say that if you could you would live in somewhere like some other parts of Lagos. I'm sorry, Nigeria in general. But like I wondered, like when you said that, I wondered where else would you possibly live in Nigeria? that would give you like both happiness and work like as in like what are your options basically if i was living outside lagos mm-hmm. and i still work mm-hmm. first of all if i'm not like super rich right if i'm still like the average nigerian or maybe a little above average nigerian i would probably need someone with internet access yeah. right and I, that that could mean just mm-hmm. just just is one of the highest points in nigeria and it's the weather is great they grow coffee. In fact, the reason why I'm going, one of the main, main reasons why I'm going to just is because I'm trying to track my coffee guy. They grow coffee. They Do grow they mass strawberry. produce though? Or just like small uh, local people? Yeah, small local. Oh. Like he doesn't have to um, track my coffee guy, track my strawberry people. And just, like I just, I just love just. Mm. But like the place <laughs> I really, really love is Gimbu, but they don't have internet. Oh. Is that place but, where the rich people live, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Interesting about me is that before I traveled, so actually while I was traveling, I ran into someone in Port Harcourt. This person in question had biked around the entire country. 
Like he rode like a power bike around all the all the border states in Nigeria, mm-hmm. like in okay. stretch. So he was like, guy, guy, no matter what you do, make sure you go to Gimbu. What state, sorry? Taraba. Taraba. Okay. Yeah. And when I got there, it was like, first of all, like, it's the first time I ever saw 12 degrees in my life. Like, real 12 degrees. Yeah. So, like, I was abroad, but, like, Gimbu is close. Mm-hmm. Right? And just the, like, their cows are fat, their teeth. <laughs> the land of milk and honey. Exactly. Like, mm. it's like, Gimbu. It's secret. Hmm. Secrets. But how do you get there? It's not an easy way to get there, is it? Oh, yeah, I was even going to... Yeah, go ahead. Pretty hard to get there. Pretty hard. Because there are no no plane, there are no airstrips. There are no public airstrips in Gimbo. Because why I said airstrips, there might be one billion and another secretly. Apparently, like, Opasanjo has a house there. Yeah. Atikwa has a house there. Because the place is just super chilled. Mm. Do you understand? Like... It's just kind of place that you don't go and you just disappear from Retire the world, like or disappear. Yeah. Therapy, you know, going to yeah, talk from like this girl. is actually therapy. Like they could set up a like kind All of those like resorts. resorts there, right? Like, does it look like seem like kind of place you want to set up a resort? Yep. Okay. It's cheap there. Nice. So yeah. So um, when you pitched the idea of the trip to Osage and then. <laughs> you 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 spoke like you were not scared of like to go on the trip right but i'm just like how were you not scared of going around nigeria for 80 days like knowing what you know now if you know knowing what you know now would you have been scared like if someone told if someone else told you about their trip around nigeria would you have been scared basically like what made you not scared so first of all i was obsessed that there was that mm-hmm. secondly i generally approach life with the mentality that nobody will miss me when I die. So that's quite that's not, grim. That's don't, deep. Don't but like yeah, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Like to me you die, you die once, like right. So you're like YOLO, like as in like it doesn't matter, like I as as long as I die doing what I love, basically it doesn't really matter if I die, basically. <laughs> I, I can't like I can't find the exact words, but it is it feels like a waste to not see new things. It feels mm-hmm. like a waste of life for mm-hmm. me. So, so like, I was at a place where I felt trapped in the office and the only alternative was to just do this. And, like, I, there was no, like, calculated idea at the beginning. A lot of my validations, I, I was figuring them out along the way and everything. Oh, like, but during like, just, the trip? Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. And, like, when people were resisting, even before I traveled, because mm-hmm. there was some resistance at the office, of course. Interesting. But like it was like an idea I just that just came in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I just held on to it. Like everything depended on it. Like I just held on to it. Mm. So yeah. Um also like I mean people a friend of mine, I was talking to a friend of mine last year. I was telling her about how the road trip and she was like, But that's all you used to talk about in like twenty fifteen. I'm like, eh? I had my idea I used to talk about it. Mm. I think I've just always been obsessed with travel. Travel. And just it's, it's, there's a, I have a compulsive need to understand how people tick and like why people do the things they do, why people behave the way they behave. Nice. Yeah. So I, I guess a lot of that also means absorbing as mo- as many experiences as possible. Okay. It's kind of like for like AI, you have to feed it as much data as possible, and the more data you feed it, the more better decisions can make mm. it. Change, I guess. So all of like half of that stuff. If you ask me in terms, I've forgotten everything because I'm just there like. I mean, like, how intellectual can I get now for these people? I just give them some really sophisticated things that will be like, yeah, so yeah. Mm. Interesting. 
Um, so you, you already kind of talked about it that you kind of planned the trip on the way, but I'm like, how, like, I'm like, you had to have some sort of logistic planned out, like, as in, didn't you think you would need translators along the way, for example, or like how much do you think it would cost? And like the t- even the time deciding how long it would take and stuff. Yeah, so what I, what I meant was logistics. I, I had my itinerary on lock, right? Okay. Um, I, like I can I can read all the states for you in the stretch. Like mm. I if you wake me up from sleep, like I'll just recite the states for you. <laughs> like right. I was mm. obsessed over it. I was always looking at the map. Um, what I actually meant was that most of the time with ideas, you start in one place yeah. and like it's it evolves and takes on a life of its own and mm-hmm. begins to evolve and and your your motive starts to change. Like, as you're encountering new things, your motive changes and changes and changes and changes. It's kind of like how, this is a weird analogy, but it's kind of like how, like, all these people, maybe someone just, a policeman, for example, harassed someone, and the person just wanted to get his or her rights. And suddenly it becomes a big deal, and the next thing, the person becomes an activist. And the person did not start out wanting to become an activist. Yeah. Just, they just wanted their shit back, yeah. right? And, yeah. So basically, that that that's kind of how it happened. How so it was it started as me just living the exploring, and suddenly it was thinking about Nigeria and Nigerians, and thinking about everything, and just I I feel like I've not unpacked everything yet. Like mm. I just I just think about stuff, and I'm like, huh, yeah. So it's it's, it's a lot to unpack. Mm. It's actually a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, itinerary was unlocked. Mm. My I my motive kept changing, changing as I was traveling. Yeah, and evolving basically. But I guess I, I I kind of want to also get like an a picture basically of what that planning was like because say I'm like a regular Nigerian, okay, not a regular Nigerian. See, I, I I'm a journalist too, and I want to go on a trip around Nigeria. What exactly were the specifics of the logics? Like, do you get what I mean? Like, you have an itinerary, so you plan out. Okay, I'm going to move from one state to another, but having never like been Been to to certain regions do you get what i mean you wouldn't have any idea of what what that even is like you know so did you have to reach out to people in those states how did you find those people yeah like you know um did you get translators in that state like how did you even pick the the cities in the states to go to i have an interesting (laughs) translator story but we get there okay um so the first two I used to plan those Google Maps, right? Mm-hmm. And literally just... Does that work in Nigeria, like, well? <laughs> Not very well, actually. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, a friend of mine, we drove from Portacot to Akba in Kogi State mm-hmm. with Google Maps. And that happened in 2014. Hmm. So, like, I like I already had that trust for Google Maps established. Mm-hmm. So, I just basically took the map and I'm like, Lagos to Google State, take the map, draw the line. Um, I, I was using paint to draw a line on another map. Um, Ogun, Ijebu to Ore. Mm. Ore to Bini. Mm. Bini to Wari. Like that, like that, like that. That's how I did it. Okay. So, like, Google Maps, first of all. Okay. Then the next, the next I, basically what I was trying to do was try to cut across every state mm. at the same time. Like, you want to sorry. Then the next st- stage was now, of course, making it on Twitter. Please help me if you have <laughs> And was that effective? It was, mm-hmm. it was very, like, there was this guy, I was on the, uh, like, so interestingly, I didn't travel with alone, like, last minute, someone from the office joined me. Chris, right? And, yeah, Chris. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> Is Chris not, uh, this thing? <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> don't worry, we know all of them in your office. Don't worry, go on. <laughs> so, a lot of people like help. And I remember one guy, like, he literally sent a DM from Instagram and he's like, yo, I know you guys are on your way to Abakaliki now. Mm. If you need a place to crash, let me know. Free. And this guy is a student. Do you get mm-hmm. So we literally crashed on the mattress on the floor in his room. Like yeah. all of us was crashed there. Crazy. But it was, it was so lit, like a complete stranger. Do you understand? And there were a lot there, there was someone in in um, Kaduna that he said you can't come to Kaduna without experiencing Fist Choker. Fist Choker is this like um, polo resort. Oh, okay. And then he paid for our he paid for everything. And I'm like, wow. enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so cool. <laughs> It happened everywhere. Like, there was never a case anywhere in Nigeria. I mean, because we were guys, right? But there was never a case where anyone tried to, like... Take advantage of that. Yeah. I think I think a lot of Nigerians are excited about projects like this. It just shows like, oh wow, you're trying to learn about me. Like, like you you're matter. trying to, yeah, like we. Because yeah. it's always Lagos. It's yeah. always Lagos. Yeah. Like when you hear about anything, yeah. so people want you to come. The late party drives me nuts. So like Lagosians and Amer- Americans, I like I like to see both of them are birds of the same arrogance. I've seen this. Um, and. It's 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 like that old that old story of how they did a poll with Americans and said how many of them want the Ameri- the US government to bomb Agraba. And then a bunch of them said, Yeah, yeah like bomb Agraba. Agraba is a place in Aladdin, like do you understand? Mm. So like they, they just want those bombs generally. Negotians were like, Bomb the whole Sambisa forest, bomb everywhere. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Samisa Forest is five times bigger than Lagos. Mm. Lagos is the smallest, bloody state in Nigeria. Yeah. So, like, um, that Lagos fatigue definitely is a thing. So, yeah, like, people actually helped a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then it was figuring out, the next thing was figuring out transport. So, they, they are, travel has three major expenses, like, or factors. Mm-hmm. Um, accommodation, movement, and food. Right, those are yeah. the three most important things. And food is food is most expensive in cities, right? So, for example, now my budget was like um, was like two k per day, and that was yeah. excess because we never really spent two the two k per day on food. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. Anyway, about mm-hmm. Abuja, mm-hmm. of course. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then um, next was hotels. Like we plan around couches and hotels. Anyway, we don't see anybody. There are some states where we don't even know anybody. To be honest. Right, and we just we just went just in went. Like, blind, mm-hmm. yeah, and and like still we went fine except for the time we got in trouble. But we get there. <laughs> we actually remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could not say it on the podcast, but the food gist. Okay, good. We like the food gist. Yeah. <laughs> But but like um just just an announcement for the listeners, um he he gives a very 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 detailed experience in the um I am detail interview. So when we post this episode, we're gonna put that mm-hmm. a link to that on our Twitter page. So head to our Twitter page and like click that link. Yeah. But yeah, you were saying. Yeah. So yeah. So figuring out um, hotels to stay. To be honest, there's some states we didn't even know any hotels. Like which there was. See, we entered. Umaya in Abia State in the night and like we, we didn't know anywhere we couldn't speak Igbo okay Chris mm. knew some Igbo but like we just found a hotel and we walked into the room <coughs> and Chris just sniffed and said this room has short time <coughs> like so, you know like you know the body hits that post 
sex body heat. Yeah. Yes, like we could feel it. Oh. Right? But it was 10 p.m. This was even much later. Oh. And we're strangers in a town. Yeah. Like, have the luxury of all oh, the oh, best shit out of it. Yeah, and then just change the place. Oh, like, we literally had, I, what I did was, I just carried my jacket and I spread it on the part of the bed and I just slept on it. And in the morning, I did not shower. Oh. I just wore my jacket and left because I can't come and die. <laughs> right? But like, a lot of the time, we didn't have the luxury of nice rooms and nice, in fact, we didn't care about nice bathrooms until like, um, a babe joined us and she changed our lives forever. Oh, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Okay. So she started caring about that and then you guys actually started living living like that or like you guys were just considering her. I'll never forget. She was like, we just got, we're in Bauchi and she was like, what? I hate to be that babe but I don't like this bathroom. We need to go to another hotel and I'm like, no, like, Nigerian girls sense. actually like, enjoying generally. <laughs> so, yeah. She forced us. She forced us to enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, we're, we're like, so far head mode before she came. Like, mm. proper head Olympics. But you didn't need to. Like, that was kind of like an option. Like, you could have yeah. found like yeah. places. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it, it sounds pretty like, I don't know how you'd be able to do it. Like, do you think you'd be able to do that without reaching out to people? Like, I as an individual, could I just be like, oh, today I want to go to all 36 states and go to all 36 states? Do you think that's realistic? Yeah. I, th- I think it's realistic because hmm, we, okay. we, uh, we didn't know anybody in more states than the states Language. where we knew people. Okay. Plus, the question, we were trying, the question at the beginning was, is it possible for the average Nigerian to travel around the entire country today? And in some sense, we answered that, right? Because yeah. when we entered Bauchi, we didn't know anybody. When we entered Sampara, we didn't know anybody. When we were in Abia, when we were in Enugu, like there are a lot of places we didn't know people. Mm-hmm. And I kid you know, I got to a point where I got so confident <laughs> that I would just walk up to a stranger and say, I'm new in this town. Where can I find this? And they would like describe to me and they'd be like, ah, yeah, like, ah, yeah, ah. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think I, I got intoxicated with the innate goodness of the average Nigerian. Nigerian. That's so, interesting. The average human, to be honest. The innate but, goodness. You never hear that about Nigerians. Like, specifically. I, I, I hear, I, like, I believe it more than most people. Mm-hmm. And I have evidence. Evidence to break right, it up. Right? So, yeah, basically that's it. Okay. So then you finally finished planning it and everything. And then you set out on the trip. Can you walk us through, like, you kind of already did walk us through. What was the, your like, your itinerary? Like, how did you guys move around and, like, you know? So, um, first of all, we moved around strictly with public transport. Public transport. Can um, I ask you a question before we delve yes. into that, actually? You had talked about, like, getting feedback. People were just not, some people were not in support of what you were doing. Even before you left, like, people in your office, specifically. Yeah, yeah, so, so like... What were their um, concerns? Like, why? First of all, there was there was a lot of, like, it's days, like, the entire country, like... As it's not realistic. So, like, there were valid... Yeah, there were valid concerns. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like, they're like, break it down, do it regionally. Why do it in one stretch? Why do the entire country? Why go to, like, Northeast? Oh, why go to Zafara? Oh, my, why go... Don't go to this place. Oh, this place is not safe. Oh, don't go to... You know, this, don't go to um, IPOP's place. There were valid concerns. Yeah. Do you understand? Like I said, I was like beyond reason. I was mad. It's it's a good thing because yeah. like you did it and then you survived and like 
it just shows and i feel like lagosians have this idea of like have an idea of other states that might be over like he made the america reference and i found that to be really true because um the average lagosian doesn't know that much about other nigerians like i had somebody tell me that ibira is basically yoruba yeah like lagosians don't know enough about like huh you you (laughs) i was like many other just say my name (laughs) yeah my name or like they'd be they be assuming (laughs) things about how some people are or not northern people in general and i'm just like i'm not even from the north necessarily but i know this is not true you know so like i feel like a lot of the concerns are kind of like because of the media we consume about like other yeah. parts of nigeria and the like, lack thereof and the, the lack media. thereof yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly lack yeah. thereof. yeah but okay good, good concerns then okay so now walk us through like this trip that you went on okay so we left lagos from the park in Oshodi. Headed, headed to Ijebu, Ijebu Igbo, from Ijebu Igbo, went to Ijebu Ode, in Ogu State, from Ijebu State, um, went to Ore, in Ondo State, from Ore, went to Idonre, from Idonre, went to Benin, Idonre is like Idonre Hills, mm. um, from Idonre, went to Benin, in Edo, got our first police trouble, oh. um, from, from Benin, went to Wari, from Wari, mm. on the way to Asaba, more police trouble, from Asaba, went to on the chair, ran into IPOP people, Inamikanos, Kanos people. Them, them. Uh, yeah, asked for directions to Inamikanos house. They told us what to do when we get to his house, ETC. Went to um, Ogunike, like caves, like historical place. Is the that in Asaba as well? No, that's I'm the, sorry, Onicha. That's like one hour from Onicha. It's in Anambra. Okay. Yeah, then from Anambra, we went to Oweri in Imo State. From Oweri, we went to Oguta is in Imo State, to Flora, Wapas Town. Okay. Juku had this famous bunker then. There. There. Yeah. Like kidnappers took over. Yeah. But any any other. Um. Then from um from Imo State we went to Bayosa, Yenugwa. We barely did anything in Bayosa because it was raining throughout, so we stayed oh, yeah. indoors. Then mm-hmm. in Ogwa we went to Port Harcourt. Port Harcourt, um, it's my city. Yeah. <laughs> So after PH, went to Aba. From Aba, interesting thing about Aba, when we went to the shoe plaza in Arara Market, those guys make 40,000 pairs of footwear every week by hand. Hmm. Then from Aba, went to Umaya. But first, went to One Stroke 3, Pound Road, Aba. Was that One Stroke uh, 3? Sounds like the place to be. <laughs> wow, you have. I see what you did there. Kendrick, O'Shea Kendrick. On the come on up. You <laughs> What's that? Classic Nollywood films mm-hmm. were distributed three places. Ebin Kujole, 51 Niweka Road in Chap, and One Stroke 3, Palm Road. Is that a, yes. Was that a general knowledge? A yeah. general thing that yeah, was like, So, like, you know Young Nollywood? They stayed in the trailers. Mm-hmm. 51 week out, and one stroke, three pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to... How, how, how majestic did it look when you saw it in real life? It's probably run down now. So it was underwhelming. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it was just a rush, like a, a building. It was pretty much just a building. Oh. And most of the movie makers already moved out anyway mm-hmm. because... The side, the, like their scale had grown too much and they could not fit in that space anymore. In that space, yeah. So from Umaya, went to um, Calabar. Calabar. No, um, went to. No, no, from Umaya, went to Akwaibom, Uyo. Okay. From Uyo, Eketz. From Eketz, went to Calabar. From Calabar, went to Abakaliki. From Abakaliki, Enugu. Enugu to Makodi. Makodi to Taraba. 
Jalingo, Jalingo in Taraba State. Um, that was the longest time we spent on the road. We spent 10 hours. And like the two states are beside each other. We spent 10 yeah. hours to get to Jalingo. But they are relatively uh, big states. It's a huge state, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is the biggest state in Nigeria. Yeah. No, no, Nigeria is the biggest state in Nigeria. Nigeria, Niger, yeah, because Niger like, occupies this much land space. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then from um, Jalingo, went to Gimbu. Gimbu is in Taraba State. Um, then we had to go back to Jalingo because there's only one way out of Gimbu. The other exit of Gimbu is to Cameroon, so we had to go back to uh, Jalingo. And from Jalingo, went to Yola. From Yola, headed to Mubi. That was, the, that was when we started getting a hint of what exactly is happening in Nigeria. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where, w- like, what did you say it was? Mubi? Mubi. Mubi is in Adamawa State. Oh, okay. okay. Um, then from Mubi, headed to Maiduguri, okay. through Dambua Road, passed through Askira, Goza, Chibok. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that entire stretch... Of every, like I drive past the school, I walked because at checkpoints in the northeast, you just come down from your car and walk past the checkpoints, mm-hmm. hands up, kind of stuff, depending on the type of checkpoint. Yeah. But like I actually walked past the like actual school girls were like kidnapped. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And from Maiduguri headed to Bill, and that was when the itinerary scattered a little because when we got to Bill, we were held by the Nigerian army. Oh yeah. What yeah. happened there? So like... they transported us to. You want to hear the gist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gist? Gist. Yeah. But should we come back to it? Okay, okay let's, let's come, come back, back to it. it. Let's come back to it. From Bill, from Bill to um, Damaturu in Yobe State. Mm-hmm. From Damaturu to Gombe, from Gombe to Bauchi, from Bauchi to what was state after, what was that state after Bauchi again? Kletu. Oh, Kaduna. Chigawa. Chigawa. No, no, Chigawa. Yeah. So right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then after Jigawa, Kanu, mm-hmm. after Kanu, Katsina, yeah. after Katsina, yeah. Kebi State. No. Was it Kebi? No, Zampara. Sokoto. Oh, okay, so you. Right? Because Katsina, Zampara. Went... Okay, you guys are going upwards yes. and then. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. What it, on the map, it looks like you almost have to leave Nigeria, Nigeria to and... go into Sokoto. Right? There are some places where, where you're traveling in the north. Right, mm-hmm. where you just pass a highway and you just say welcome to the Niger Republic. Yeah. So like, um, without after, a so like border. The, yeah. Oh. So we took the entire, oh. we took the entire um, northernmost states from the east all the way to the west. Mm. Right. So it looks like they flew over Zampara, like they they just like jumped over it. Like and they they, went, they basically went into right. Niger mm-hmm. and then and so went to and back. Zampara was after Kanu. Was after Kano. Was definitely after Kano. Two states up. Then Zamfara, then maybe. Yes, Zamfara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kano, Katina. Because I remember that when we were in Kano, um, Susan got panicky and was like, she's because she's going to Zamfara, she wants to buy dresses. Like, so What's that, about Zamfara yeah. is so, like, was different yeah, so from I, the other northern I remember, states. I when I was leaving the office, I immediately was like, ah, Zamfara, why are you going to Zamfara? Like, I was like, yeah, like, because the state in Nigeria is like, ah, Zafara, ah, Zafara, that place is a death sentence for Christians. And yes. we got to Zafara, and everybody was just chilling. Oh, like, she had to buy a dress to cover up, basically, right? Yeah. But like, like, so it wouldn't she, seem like she, she, she went, is Christian. She didn't wear the dress in Zafara. Because what is weird is that we got to Zafara in the night, <laughs> and the first people we interacted with were all Christians, Igbo, some of them were from Benue. Hmm. One and of they them, live one there. Neck, yes. One of them, Neka, was born there. Mm. She speaks house but she's actually mm. Igbo. Igbo. 
Um, so, yeah, um, that entire coastline, Sokoto down to Kebi, from Kebi to Niger State, from Niger State into Abuja, from Abuja, did you, did you catch now just first? From Abuja to just, to, no, from Abuja to Nasarawa, because we had to, went to Farinwa, from Nasarawa to just, from just to Kaduna, Kaduna back to Abuja, we took the train to Abuja, oh, then down to the train? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was the experience like being on the train? Was it run down? No, 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 it was, it was actually, it's like, it's like the only thing this government is proud of, like, mm-hmm. the train. So, like, it, it works, and it's on time. If mm-hmm. you come late, you not get your tickets on time, you miss the train, and you mm-hmm. wait for the next train. So, like, um, it gets the kind of treatment that airports get. Basically. Oh. Yeah. Of course, it will so be in Abuja, from, for yeah, reasons Abuja, can, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, from Kogi, Kwara State, from Kwara State... Went to Ekiti, from Ekiti, went to Osho State, from Osho State, went to Oyo State, from Oyo State, passed through Ogo State again, Abelkuta, then Lagos. (sighs) First of all, I think it's amazing that you don't even have that written down and you were just saying it. I mixed some states. Yeah, but I I cannot name all 36 states in Nigeria. We have to sing it. Like, if I don't sing it (laughs) with the capitals, I don't know it. So I think it's really cool that you have that, like, even down to the cities. That's where mine stops. (laughs) Um, Throughout your trip, did you come across any tribes that you would say you had never heard of? But before that, the regions, like, I, I want to get an idea of, like, what those differences between each region were. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because you were passing through each, like, state, and... I want to understand if you felt like a difference in culture moving from one region to another. Generally. Or generally, or if that is a state thing or a region thing, like the differences, or if there's no differences even. Nigeria is so diverse. Like it's weird. It sounds like something you hear on NTA, but Nigeria is actually really diverse. When I went to the Southeast, there was a lot of uh, Biafra tension. So um, that was like the prominent vibe. Mm. And he's in Amdi's house, in Amdi's house, and I saw people crying. Like he came out of his house and people were crying. Like, oh, like I was like, mm. was that very much around the time when the uprising of like Namdi Kano and all his um Wahala things were happening, or is that just a general consensus of how, how it is, it is normally? So there, there's a Biafra sentiment, but it's kind of dormant. Okay. But when Inamdi was active, it was like it was everywhere. Like you literally see people wearing like Biafra merch. Okay. I, I mean merch is what merch. But like Biafra, <laughs> exactly. And I remember, I remember we played a prank. We played a prank on a. Sorry, I'm dying because you know you're saying it so lightly, like you know, um, Captain America merch, Biafra merch, you know, go yeah, go. But like they had like towels, they were t-shirts, they were. Band, like handbands, there was everything the entire line. Yeah, I remember we, we pranked a KK guy in Umaya and we told him, We're like, Where your, we're like, Where your sticker? Where your Biafra sticker? And he was like, I don't get, I don't get, I bet you get extra. He was there, so you get extra. That's interesting. <laughs> it was like that because of the tension at the time. The strongest political voice in the southeast oh. was in Amkan's voice. There are a lot of people that 
like I said, older people or people with access to more educated older people who were like anti whatever in Amikano wanted approach you wanted to take like violence or force or whatever. So like they, they were generally like whatever he's doing, he's not taking the right way. But like the sentiments were valid. Like they were valid. Yeah. And they will not go anywhere. They are still there. Mm-hmm. He just mobilized them, but they're there. Yeah. Exactly. Then in the north, it's like northerners have no need. Most northerners have no need for the English language. Mm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So like I remember Yola, first proper state in the north. Taraba was still mixed. You could find some. I went into the market and I was like, how much is rice? And I just said, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. I was, I was freaking out because I was really hungry. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to tell her what I want. Yeah. Uh, um, I phoned everywhere in the north. Right. So I had to learn Shinkapa. So, so Shinkapa, I just rice everywhere. That's rice, yeah. Then the north is like proper in, 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 in my degree. In my degree, I mean, when you think of my degree, yeah, of my degree, you think everybody's hiding on that table. Yeah. Right. But this part doesn't mean they are, like, there are people that are trying to drop songs in my degree. In like, my degree. They are trying to be rappers. <laughs> I swear, yeah. like, they still have ridiculous pickup lines for girls. In the market, they still haggle. Like, I went to the market, I just, I remember when I went to the market, I met this man, he sells antiques. I'm going to try to track him uh, when I get to my degree next week, next two weeks. Yeah. Um, I remember asking him that, you, have you ever experienced a program attack personally? And he just smiled. And he took me to a place in the market and he's like, in 2012, 2012, 2012, I can't remember. He said, four men came, and stood in this place, and when they raised their clothes, they brought out rifles and they were shooting in every direction. Every anything that moved, they were killing. They mm. killed like two, two people, um, injured many others. Like, and I'm like, yeah, he said, yeah, everybody showed up at the market, like, because money had to be made. Like, yeah, so like, in my degree, we've normal, like, it's so normalized that, like, if a bomb goes off now, like, in two hours, everybody's back people to like, continue, they are desensitized to that thing, yeah. So, there's that. I especially like my degree because my degree people are like you can't you will not stop them from living their life. Mm. Like there is a night like my degree. Mm. Do you understand? Like that one is shocking. That's shocking. That's the only thing he said so far. That's shocking to you. Because like I see, even though like I see the north is more like it's still conservative still. Even though like I understand like of course like people still live their daily lives regardless of situation. But I still see the north as kind of like still conservative. So like it's very interesting to hear that yeah. there's a nightlife. Yeah. Yes. To to a lot but if, what tends to happen is that if you have a city that has a strong student community, mm. do you understand? Especially if it's a, a federal school, like a federal university, there will always be that noise. There will mm-hmm. always be that youth, youthful energy. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I mean, another thing. What really? Sh- I think my one of my biggest shocks personally was Zamfara because, like Zamfara, like the biggest, the biggest restaurant where everybody goes to eat mm-hmm. is Zamfara. The biggest pharmacy um, mm. belongs to an Igbo man. In fact, one of my the things that made me extra curious about Zamfara is I have a colleague. Her dad is is from Zamfara, and mm. her mom is Igbo, and like they married. And I'm like, huh? Huh? Yeah. Do you understand? So like exactly. So um, is Zamfara? Is it specifically Zamfara? Like there's a very big Igbo presence in Zamfara specifically. So like Nigerian, no, like Nigerians travel a lot, and they are they are Igbo people everywhere. 
Like, I was in a village, eh, in Kevin State, Yaori, eh, and, I mean, this one is not Yibo, but, like, I was in this village, and if someone woke me up in the midnight and just told me to go outside and talk to people, I would think I was in the pattern because everybody, like, everywhere I turned, someone was speaking Yoruba. Hmm. And it was, it was serious Yoruba. Do you understand? Yeah. And you wonder, what are you doing in Kevin? You go to Kaiji and like there are a ton of there are Yoruba people that are fifty something years old and they were born they were born in Kaiji, right? What what's Kaiji? And you realize that they were born is that in Kaiji is in Nigeria. That's where the dam is. Oh Kaiji dam. Okay okay okay. You know they taught me in primary school, but like there's no connection, connection. anymore. <laughs> but yeah yeah see. And you realize that he was born there and he's just as much a Kaiji person as a it's tribal it's... native of Kaiji because he has never lived anywhere else. Do you understand? Yeah. And he's, yeah. he was born there because when the, the dam was getting built, like his parents moved there as labor. Do you understand? They were yeah. workers. And it's, it's just super interesting. Like Nigerians, like I, I honestly feel like there are really no, like every problem people have with Nigeria, there is a backstory that can help with solutions. Mm. A good example is when we talk about Fulani Headsmen, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the stretch of highway, I'll never forget. I don't know, I remember it very well. We were traveling, and I saw, like, some guys were pushing, like, those cows didn't look less than 200. There was, there were a lot of cows. A lot, yeah. And they were carrying rifles. Do you mm. understand? And, yeah, they were carrying rifles, and it was weird at first. But then I realized that, imagine all they had was sticks. And someone came, like bandits came, because banditry is a thing, you know. Yeah. And so, and, and bandits came to snatch their cows. They, they will never, they will not be able to defend themselves. And a lot of Nigerians say, oh, oh, you are comparing cow to human being. Yeah. Cows are actually bad because if a cow is worth over 200k, let's say the worst case in your 200k in the market, mm-hmm. and you have 200 cows, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yes, do you understand? So um, it's like it's it's pretty interesting. But I think one thing that was consistent for me was that I, I did not ex- exactly find people that were Nigerians first. There was a general sense that Nigeria as a country has not given us enough to identify, to identify. with this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the allies we can always depend on are our tribesmen, Tribe our clan. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. Our religious similarity like Muslims to Muslims, Christians Christians. So that's people tend to find strength in those alliances in the absence or in those in that identity mm-hmm. in the absence of a national identity. I feel that's like that's consistent. Um Nigerians who come here identify with Nigerian much being more. Nigerian first before their their tribe even I feel because like a lot of times in conversations I mean you just know generally this person is probably Igbo because of their name but like that doesn't really mean anything that doesn't mean anything as compared to being in Nigeria like as in we don't there's no reference to tribe like rarely but that's kind of that's another thing that's really I find really funny because mm-hmm. not to sorry not to divert from this yeah, I'm yeah, probably going to, to take yeah, this yeah. out but like going to Houston and seeing the Yoruba community in Houston they so strongly identify with being Yoruba, Yoruba. And they really identify as like Igbo and just comparing it with like, say, Canada and stuff like that. There's different experiences like everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I know specifically in, in Canada, it's very big that like we are Nigeria. In fact, we even almost have a tendency to identify as Africans. We start to be more aware that we are Africans being in, in Canada. Canada, which is like weird. We never considered that. It's the, it's kind of like the maturity. 
in age and time of these communities, mm-hmm. right? Uh, most of the people that are Yoruba in Houston are probably second generation or like like their parents probably were like immigrated there. Yeah, that's probably, but that's not the right? same here. Yeah, Jonathan. Like yeah. in Canada, it's mostly it's this new beginning. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, like. In 20 years, there are probably people that like, want to identify as Yoruba and Igbo. Like, take for example, in London, I was saying in the news the other day that um, it's actually like a serious business where they have Yoruba classes where they teach children how to speak Yoruba. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's kind of, I think it will change like with the next generation. There will also be this wave of who oh, identify as this one, oh, Yoruba. And so that Spike Lee will not say rubbish like, oh, I'm Olu from the Fulani, Fulani tribe of Nigeria. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You watched that too. We watched that this weekend and we were so confused. So, so confused. <laughs> but yeah, that's a completely other story. But anyways, Nigerians are being, um, we're like the face of Africa. Well, you're talking African person in movies nowadays. That thing didn't make sense, honestly. Uh, we we had to pause it to understand what he was saying. Exactly. Like maybe his mother. Like we said, maybe his mother, but yeah, no, that's not what still, they were doing. Yeah, that's that was a blatant mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> Disappointing. I was like, there's no point having Nigerians on TV if you're gonna do this. like Especially when you're forming woke. Yeah. Especially super like woke like me. So, yeah, basically, like, um, so, but you've spoken mostly about, like, the majority tribes, right? So, were there any minority tribes that you came across? And if you came across minority tribes, did you still find that they still kind of identified with a majority tribe or language? So, you're going through, like, a part where, like, maybe Igala people, for example, you came across some Igala people, they were speak, still speaking a certain language, for example, like a certain majority, majority language. language. So um, the Middle Belt is interesting. The mm-hmm. Middle Belt has a very unique identity um, compared to what other the parts of Nigeria. And it says that you, I said unique mm-hmm. identity. Unique, okay, okay. It's interesting because, and now that I think about it, maybe it's because the Middle Belt is called the Middle Belt. Maybe it's the geogra- geopolitical tag, right? But like you go to Benue or you go to Kogi and you see people speaking mm-hmm. their language, but minorities in like northwest or northeast they feel the need to speak Hausa. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Minorities in global land will speak Yoruba. Minorities in the east will speak Igbo. Do you understand? Yeah. Again, notice, notice that distinction in the south-south. They speak their own languages. There. Do you get it? And like minority tribes like in in Taraba states, Taraba has more languages than any country in Africa. Taraba is state alone, yeah, right? Really? And most of the time, what they tend to speak is English or Hausa. So it was and Kaduri people and other people that have a very, very strong identity. They, they do not like to be called Hausa people. Mm. Yes. And you realize that the, one of the worst things that happen in the North is assuming everybody's Hausa mm-hmm. or Fulans. And there are probably more of other people that live in the North. So yeah, um, I think I think that the most of the time, of course, as a means of communication, communication and interacting with people, you need like Nigeria forces you to align with a major tribe mm-hmm. generally. So yeah. Hmm, okay. Um, this is going to sound very like odd, but like out of all the states you went to, do you have a listening to you now? I feel like you're going to say Lagos, but like, do you have a least favorite state in Nigeria? Minus Lagos. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Let's make it fair. Minus Lagos, I don't like Port Harcourt. Port Harcourt, I'll explain. 
Port Harcourt is just like Lagos. It's just okay. as congested. It's just as chaotic. Another place I don't like is Abia State. Abia, Abia State. State. Yes. Abia State. Abia State. That's Abia and Why didn't you like them? Is it dirty? Dirty. Oh, interesting. So, what made it like? What exactly? Why was it dirtier than other states? Is it like like they're trying to create an industry without thinking of the repercussions? Kind of like Lagos and all other states. So, like, what what they just, exactly? Maybe they just don't care. Very very summarized. Um, at the time, mm-hmm. the state is highly like entrepreneurial and everybody okay. is making something, yeah. cutting something. Mm-hmm. But the state has poor waste management. Yeah. Like the culverts at the center of at the center of the road is just for, it's actually just for waste. Hmm. Do you understand? So it's really filthy. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I don't see that. Huh? I hope yeah. it's better now, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I did not like, I did not really like, was um, point of I've never thought about this question. Like what uh, your least favorite? Like, yeah, hmm. I was my favorite place. <laughs> Making you think. <laughs> Yeah, I think I won't say least favorite, but like on most underwhelming, one of the most underwhelming states was Jigawa. 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 Jigawa so in what yeah, sense? Jigawa is just like it's just they just have roads and nothing else. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like it's just like nothing is happening. I feel like it's one of those states I wish one one of these more commercial states should just annex the state and build housing projects for people. Mm. And then it's just really nah. So yeah, that those are the states. And um, what yeah. states would you say you <coughs> like was your best states or states and why basically? Oh, you kind of already said Gambu, 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 yeah, Gambu. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, so like the highest point in Nigeria is in Taraba State, mm. Chapal Wadi. Chapal Wadi. Yes, Chapal. So it's C H A P P A L mm-hmm. um, W A D D I. It's the highest point in Nigeria. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not fully decided, but I might just hike it next week. Mm. Um, I, lo- I love Gameboy a lot. A lot. A whole lot. Um, the most realistic place to settle down now is Abuja. The roads are white. Mm. Yeah, there's no traffic. Um, I like Joss a lot. Oh, I love. I like Joss a lot. Yeah. I've been to Joss yeah. before. I've been to Joss, yeah. As a child, as a child, actually, my dad drove us through. Like, I went to Yankari, I went to Joss, I went to Abuja, I went to Kogi. So he drove us, like, from Portakot all that way and back mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, we didn't fly or anything. Your dad is an OG. No, he is. He is, honestly. <laughs> honestly. Like, we went to Kalabatu, I think, even within that road trip. That road trip. Yeah, so we just, so like, the... it was just one holiday. He was just like, let's just go. So, um... yeah, basically. It was fun. So, yeah, Joss. Joss is a really good... Um, I'm, in... I'm surprised you didn't mention Kalabar. Yeah. Um, so Calabar is a festival town. When there is no festival, like it's just it's mostly empty. Mm. Like there's very little happening except maybe like less cultists are fighting. Crying. <laughs> so like yeah, it's mostly so, and Calabar is a kind of place to just go there. Like when people plan around Calabar, they plan around two things: just food and endless snacks. <laughs> Wait, so it's not a rumor. You know, I actually thought it was a thing that people just associated Calabar people yeah, with I, sexuality I, and yeah. yeah. Like it's a it's a thing of pride. Hmm. Like in Calabar. So like of course it doesn't mean every Calabar person is like that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, yeah. but there's a stereotype that's like, like it, it's why it's why you, you eat in a restaurant and I was eating this food, Ekman Kuko. And I remember like then like in the restaurant, like the guys were used to say that. This kind of thing, if you just drop and finish, eh, neither to sleep or to strap. 
mm. right? Because that's because when Ekwang is the ultimate knockout, mm, and yeah. the joke is the joke is also that you don't eat Ekwang in the house of a woman that you do not want to marry because once you eat it, yeah, it's like over. Finished, it's over. Yeah, just go and start preparing for names. <laughs> so they're they're generally more liberal, you would say. Like yeah. okay, interesting. Like I guess South general, especially like um Cross River and Aquarium. You know what's interesting? The most sexually liberal people I saw were in those in especially in Calabar, where the most sexually charged region in Nigeria is actually the north. Hmm. In the north. How? In the north okay. there's a drug for every yeah. sexual specification. Hmm. If you want to be a lion. <laughs> did you say if you want to be a lion? Did you did I get that? <laughs> right. I can't role There's this thing called Megranjiki, um hmm. Mata. So it's basically this thing where you prep where women like go to natural like a natural spa where they hmm. use natural waxing with hmm. like resins. Um they like do vaginal stimulation like to tighten. Um, they like give you herbs like aphrodisiacs. One, one woman that does it, she said, You know, you've done a good job when your customer texts you, Thank you at three in the morning. Oh, <laughs> that is so crazy. That's so crazy. That's confusing too, especially like thinking about the fact that they have those like a very, very, con- yeah, very, a very conservative culture. Yeah. How does Bruh. that work? How does that work hand in hand? Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> it's interesting that it's not even Lagos. Lagos that like you know we like doing the, talking about the most. I think we just have the most most mouth people in Lagos. Exactly. That's what that's, it is. That's what, like in the north, bruh. Like there's a they're like they tell you that if you eat this stick, you be hard for like three hours. Mm-hmm. Like you just hear it's a really crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, Apparently. I think my most interesting from that woman that does the spa, the native spa thing is that yeah. her husband now called a few days later and said, that thing you did for her, that how frequently is Can she they be getting to, it? <laughs> to subscribe Please in continue. advance. Yeah. <laughs> do not mess with, do not, nah. Not so yeah, not sexually charged. Interesting. Like, interesting. But I find it also weird that, like, we group the North as, like, we just say the North. Like, you know how, like, there's Northeast, Northwest, and all of that. Is the generalization somewhat accurate? Like, would you say their culture is kind of similar across the span? Or is that just a very unfair generalization when we just say the the North? That the South does. Yeah. Um, Okay, so it's it's super interesting, but um, whenever we make this generalization sometimes it's it's true and it's false okay. and i will explain it's like the single story um, yeah um so the, the north a lot the, most of the north have like first of all like the most the places with the part of nigeria with the most documented history is the north okay right and, documented yeah, by and, the northerners and not outsiders like the northerners themselves um yes by northerners yes. okay okay so, first of all, like, because they had early access to Arabs mm-hmm. and, like, um, right? So, they were already literate. Writing, okay. Did you understand? Yeah. So, so if you go to the museum in Kano, Gidan Makama, right, you will see history of, like, oh, in 1492, someone built this market. Um, in 999 AD, someone led this. 
they are like documented history of dynasties and lineage and as far back as 999 AD. Mm. Mm. And mm. you kind of get your balance. Mm. Yeah. Do you get and the reason why they have there's a lot of written tradition like in the north. Do you understand? Yeah. Now because 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 the house are historically the most politically powerful um, tribes have been Hausas and Fulanis and Kanuris and Nupes and Nupe people in Niger State. Mm. But like because of that influence, they spread and because they spread their influence, they also spread language. So it explains why it explains why even though like Igbo people and South South they are intertwined, why South South people don't speak Igbo language? Because by historically Igbo people were not necessarily conquerors. Do you understand? Yeah. But in the north, there were conquests. Yeah. Do you understand? There were dynasties. Yeah. yeah. So the language spread. To an extent, you can say that the generalization is there. There is an own. There is a dominant northern culture. Okay. And so that culture is Hausa. Mm. But in all honesty, it doesn't represent. It doesn't paint the full picture of what it means to be a northerner. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? First, first of all, like. A lot of the things people say are house up. It's actually not even house up. It's Fulani. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like, who make references? What they actually probably even say is Fulani people because the most politically powerful ethnic group in Nigeria currently is actually Fulani people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even historically, like, they, they had, I think, one of the longest dynasties in Kano, for example. And okay. so, like, the generalizations... Um, I was right trying to... I was trying to... Ways. No, you said they had... One, yeah, yeah. But but when you now break it down to like geopolitical zones, it starts to make more sense. For example, um, before before um, Boko Haram, right? Um, the northeast was generally more educated than the northwest. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Um, Twenty years ago, to like the northeast was the northeast has a more variety of cultures than the northwest. But a lot of the northwest northwest is predominantly Hausa of land. The language is Hausa and the culture is also Hausa. So yeah, like there like there is some truth in the generalization, but like it's as much as possible it's better to avoid it. Yeah. Like as much as possible. But yeah, there is. Yeah. Um yeah, again it's it, it, it makes sense because like I said earlier, a lot of them fell under the same Rule. throne. Yeah. You get it's kind how English people everywhere were ruled by our mommy in England. Our mm, mommy! Okay, and and like going in that direction with the North, like how you talk about the language, for instance. So like n- the North generally speaks Hausa. So like when you get to the North, your average person doesn't even speak English, which is our national in quotes, national language. Do you think... Hausa. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. Um, I've never actually really explored the North. Even in Abuja. Abuja. Even Abuja, Abuja that yeah. people speak... People English. usually speak both, people right? People speak Pidgin English, but, like, even in my... in my Because I schooled in Abuja for a short period of time, and, like, my school, they spoke Hausa. That's crazy. Like, just... Like, just by the way. Yeah, like, just, that's, yeah. That's the language. yeah, yeah. yeah. The actual natives of Abuja are not even house. Yeah, yeah, that's surprising. They're Bwari. They're what, sorry? Bwari, Bwari. 
Is that a thing? Yeah, B-W-A-R-I. Oh. Guy, I thought you said Buhari. Like, she thought you were trolling. <laughs> I thought you were trolling. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because he had a straight face, right? So, Matula was like, don't don't mess with me, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, I just find it really interesting because it's like, do you think that they should teach that in the South? Because if I am a Southerner, you are trying to preach one Nigeria. But I go to the north and I can't even exist without that language. Like, do you think we should make it in an actual national language? Like, we should have three national languages versus just English English. as a national language. Like, English plus House, um, Igbo and Yoruba. Mm -hmm. But, like, I I feel like I understand what you're saying, but Mm -hmm. then... The fact that, like, the North is this... It's a very big landmass. Mm-hmm. And that they don't even speak English. Mm-hmm. Like, the general public doesn't. It gives it more of an urgency than even, like, but the two... The reason why I would disagree is... That you're looking at that in terms of, like, okay, for being a Nigerian, looking at Nigeria. Yeah. For, you're Nigerian first, right? But a lot of Nigerians, I feel like, would disagree with that. Because mm-hmm. you're trying to say... How some people are already... Um, already like controlling politics. Now you want to you make want also accommodate. Yeah, them. like you want. No, to... yeah, that was my question. Like, mm-hmm. do you think it should be that way, or should it be vice versa, where it is mandatory? Because currently the national language is English. Mm-hmm. Like, do you get? So, what what are your opinions from that exposure? Well, like I did, I think you you already gave the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, second, um, to be honest, I I will. I will stand pidgin instead of like proper English. Pidgin, pidgin. is more like the actual lingua franca. Mm. But do they speak pidgin even in the north? Yeah, like pidgin is like it's like you most likely find someone pidgin, speaking pidgin. Do you understand? Like okay. still, despite again, don't forget that it's it's not like everywhere you go, like everybody's just speaking Hausa, right? But like it's kind of like how you are in Ibadan, and when people are talking to you, they just speak Yoruba and assume you're Yoruba. Yeah, you are Yoruba. Yeah. Do you understand? the north because it is everywhere in the north mm-hmm. do you understand so that's basically it but it's not yeah. like you're like there's no one that like speaks english like you would go somewhere and like there would be no one that can speak english for example like when i was when i was at yula in jimeta jimeta is market when i had that food thing when i was like i want rice and she was like so a guy just came and he's like ah everybody was like hey hey toranchi 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 is english and he now pretended what she was saying to me um Again, the fact that there was education, I think he was the most educated among them. And I remember he had a college of education degree, something. So, yeah. Of course, literacy is higher enough. So, you'd put push pidgin as a natural, national language. So, basically, if you couldn't speak pidgin, you wouldn't be able to make the 80 day trip. To be honest, like when I learned Yade, when I learned Najinua, when I learned Nawane, mm. oh God, let me tell you guys this okay. very funny story. Do you want to hear the story? Yes. Yes, Thursday. Um, I was in in Daura, Boris Village, in Katsina. I I saw this keke and I was like, park, and he stopped. And I'm like, now and now and is how much? Mm. And then he says the amount. And I say, back with me. And then he starts blasting Hausa. And I'm like, ah, oh my God. And then I just say, "Um, bar Hausa. And you know what Mm. he said? He said, then why did he just speak to me? Oh! Yeah. You at that point you probably look like you know all those Americans that come and then they just they just do bonjour. <laughs> Shit. Oh god, that's funny. That's funny. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that guy. Brian. 
dead <laughs> that's crazy okay so it's it's a very big misconception then so like try basically don't assume, <laughs> don't assume is... that they just can't speak yeah. english yeah oh yes oh yes so um do you think females can make this trip alone like if i am a that wanted to do the it's day trip do you think we could do it do you think we would need some kind of yeah do you think we would need some kind of man to go with us basically some kind of man <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> like someone that appears male a male presence yeah yeah almost, yeah Someone, a lady joined us for two weeks, right? And from Bauchi to Abuja. Um, before you and go on, what was the reason for her joining, actually? Yeah, she actually wanted to. She just felt like traveling. To. Oh, okay. So okay. she took time off and joined us. Okay. And there were many, like, there were so many learnings. When we were in Kano, for example, there was this hotel we went to and I had to play husband because they don't give rooms out to women. Mm. They, just, so they, they just assume that any single woman that is staying in the hotel... Is well, a sex is. Hmm. Yes. When we we wanted to get in a car, like this public um, taxis, these cars, like interstate taxis, and they were like, she has sit at the back, and she wanted to sit in front. And the driver was like, she has sit at the back. And, I mean, if it was just me, I probably would have fashed it, but when fuck the shit mode, I was like, nope, she's sitting in front. Like, <laughs> we told her that that car was not moving, she's not sitting in front. Did you get it? And mm. she did. But you can imagine, of course she did. But that was not because of her plight. It was because you guys were suggesting it. Yeah, it was because we, it was men country men. So there's going to be a lot, uh, there's going to be a lot of <laughs> Even in Lagos. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> for the people in the back. Yeah! <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Damn. I was upset. When I came back, one of my first obsessions was helping women plan to go on the trip. Hmm. Because I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that you can me- that the only way to measure to a large extent um, the safety of a place, the quality of a place, is the quality of how they treat women. Hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. So, like, for me, there was always that question mark of, yeah, I mean, we would travel, but would it have been the same for a woman? Like, hmm. how difficult would it have been for a woman to accept like if you if a if a strange man agreed to pay for a woman's hotel is he going to try to sleep with her yeah like i was worrying about those things do you understand and it's why i really want women to do it so yeah. like if people want to come back and do it please we want but to it's come- almost like you you actually like the current climate of things you can push for it and they can go with like males like guys but they still currently probably cannot do it on their own like you you also mentioned actually you said there was a part um you went to see um this like revered like his like historical figure's grave and she was female but then you commented on the fact that women were not allowed to see to that see and i'm like no, i was like that's no. shocking was <laughs> Oh, okay. You people, it's your, your people. Sorry, uh, <laughs> your people. We didn't jam down. We, we didn't know feminism. <laughs> what what um what monument was that? The people in Ijebu Igbo, they, they believe that the Queen of Sheba was buried there. So, I love it. <laughs> so, um, this is they call it. They call it um, Shungbo Eredu. And it's pretty interesting because that place has... That place is actually a is an archaeologist's wet dream. That whole town. There's some history that I've not not entirely unpacked. Do you get? But like, I mean, they said you no know, women should not be allowed. <laughs> Why exactly? What what is their reason for it? Yeah, like it's just, just men being men. <laughs> like you know, you know, 
So like there's this interesting story. My one of my favorite stories is that the first university um so Muslims say this a lot. The first university in history was founded by a woman, um oh. Fatima, right? <coughs> right? But you know what's interesting is that for the first few centuries, men were women were not allowed to like <laughs> go to that university. Yeah, it's mad, like they're not admitted like in conventional like in the conventional manner. Mm-hmm. So, so like whenever we say that we don't finish that sentence because it's not it's not it doesn't not make good. sense like to even start with it doesn't make sense do you think it's something like uh, the more women travel the more people because the truth is i feel like a lot of people do that because a lot of people feel like there's nothing a woman is going to add to my business so as in like as in like it's not like the woman is going to pay for entry or like i don't know i feel like a lot of people don't see the like i don't know the economic Value. potential of women so i feel like if we have more women traveling do you think that could maybe open it up more because they're like oh this is a market we're not tapping into basically so like um first of all in nigeria the travel community is stronger with women um generally like most of the travel people i know they tend to be women and there are many reasons right first of all part of it is is one of the perks of patriarchy right one of the perks of patriarchy is that women tend to have more disposable income. Do oh, okay. you understand? Mm-hmm. And like women are actually, especially when women are traveling in groups, women are actually they tend to want to travel more. Most of the people that that mistreat women in Nigeria, it's mostly tied to a lot of it is, is rooted in culture. Mm-hmm. Like the place mm-hmm. that they are not allowing women to enter now, it was cultural tradition stuff. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. but like. I think for the most part, I, I, will, I will be comfortable with a, a group of women, like maybe two or three. I believe it's possible. I genuinely believe it's possible. Okay. okay. Um, because that sounds weird, but I actually believe that the odds that people are just waiting around to just kidnap you, they're pretty slim. Like they're Nigerians slim. are actually not as, as horrible as we think. Not necessarily kidnap you. There's much more yeah. that can happen to you than kidnap. Um, on the kind of journey that you guys went in, do you, I went on? Sorry, I think it's just so like I could afford to be risky. Just I just enter places like fuck it, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't I don't know for sure. I can't I can't trust that a woman can afford to be risky. No, like even um when you mentioned like sleeping over with in that guy's house that like just was like okay he's a university guy they have a room a woman can't do that. I'm, I'm especially paranoid of undergraduate male students because between the age of like um, 16 and 21, boys really peak in stupidity. No, no, I would like to extend that louder, age to um, 24. Uh, 24. So 18 and 24. Why so specific? Why 24? No, 21, 21. 24. <laughs> wow. Application to extend. Personal, personal experience. But yeah, go on, yeah, go on. Continue, yeah. continue. <laughs> Let's wow, you just tell us. No, no, let's <laughs> hop by it and continue. Yeah. Basically, there's that. So, I th- I, like, I think if a woman can do it, or women can do it, but there has to be more plan. There has to be contact in every state. There has mm. to be that, first of all. In fact, to be honest, I prefer women having to sleep 
with like sleepover with families, not men, families than hotels. Mm-hmm. Because you hear weird stories of someone sleeping in a hotel and random man or someone mm-hmm. knocked. I saw you downstairs. Or they could carry like things like I don't know, tasers around. That's actually the real ID card. Like, oh, okay. The ID card. Like, Where is the ID? <laughs> <laughs> Dead. Oh, that's interesting. But you believe it's possible. Let's make this happen. Let's do it. Yeah. But yeah. one more person because he said groups of three. Yeah. Okay. Let's add in. Let's sprinkle a man in there. No, no. Let's do it all women. Let's 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 be the first. You don't want to. <laughs> I don't need to be a pioneer. You mean <laughs> I, I can I we just sprinkle a man in there and I'll be fine. Like I just don't. Um, I think it's like I agree with you. Like we can def like logistically everything wise you can do it without a man it's just those instances when you can't but they are unforeseen um instances that you just don't know but i mean i agree with you like it's that when they do it and they write about it then me are not follow why do you do the first no no hadiza you see you can go with two other girls and then once it's successful then I'll not be like, okay. success, I'll start charging money for it because I'll Why say, you charging money? I'll, I'll start my own tourism, tourism business. business. Oh, which kind of brings us yeah. into tourism. Yeah, Let's yeah, talk yeah. tourism in Nigeria. What do you think about the potential of tourism? Because the government, the public sector is obviously not doing it for us. Yeah. Like, do you think there's a potential for a private sector to come in and do that independently of the government? So every mention of government in Nigeria tends to go on a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the no solution. Yeah. So um, I remember at the very first place we went, at the place of the tomb of the Queen of Shiva thing, and the ballet of the town, it was, on, it was not interested in having us. It was like, so like, government promised this, that, government promised that, with no brought funds. People are generally bitter about the government. Mm-hmm. Even worse is that, like, all the government needs to do is provide an enabling environment. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. Like, um, where I'm going to Gimbu has one of the most beautiful landscapes in Nigeria. It's, it's actually really beautiful. Like, those hills, those kind of hills you see in Obudu. And you wonder, like, why does the highest point in Nigeria not have a hiking trail? Mm. Just those kind of basic things. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess private institutions can do it. But then the next problem is now people worry you. about security. Okay. So like you realize that for so every state in Nigeria has that one thing. In fact, throw any state at me. Every state in Nigeria every state in Nigeria has that one thing that if they just paid a lot of attention to it, they can make a shit lot of money from it. Okay. Every state the tourism like mine. Like you could actually even make Tourism may be just out of Adjure market. There is Ulumoro, which Oshuba, mm. um, it's still one of the most maintained tourist destinations in Nigeria, mm. Ulumoro. Um, there's a big one. Do you get? I went to the palace of Alake, um, the Awujale of Jebulan, and they said I should write a letter. <laughs> to see him. Not to see him, to get the door of the palace. Oh, not even to see the person. Let's write a letter. Say peace out. <laughs> so it's really like this. This <sighs> is like this is frustrating. To it's talk a about. frustrating topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's so much potential. Like every if every state in Nigeria had the political will to be completely independent of the federal budget, they can pull it up. 
Another state that stepped up in the past few years is Bauchi State. Bauchi? That's why the Up North movie happened, for example. I don't know if you know of the Up North movie. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. And neither have I. Mm-hmm. It, it, it happened in collaboration. Like, the Bauchi State government worked with, with them on that movie. Like, there's so much potential. Like, you go to Agungu and you see this town where crocodiles roam free and they don't hurt people. And people like, really? Where? Yes. Yeah, crocodile in Kebi State. Okay. I stood near the crocodile. Oh, you stood near the crocodile. Okay, okay, okay. People were touching it. It came out of water. People were touching it. It didn't do anything. Mm. And they're living wild. Though. It's not like they're domesticated. Yeah. There are towns. There are towns in Nigeria where, like, snakes just roam freely. That seems like it's their father's compound. <laughs> Those are things that if white people got a hold of those things. Oh, oh it's all over, Jackie. But yeah. th- that's also a problem. Let's just leave white people out of this. Um, let's not give them any ideas. We've had enough of them. Let's talk to the Nigerian government. Yeah, and, um, Nigerians doing things for things Nigerians. Things for Nigerians. So, you, like, do, you, so know? you don't think it's feasible for private investors, basically? Not without the government. Private investors are trying, but you need... So think about it this way. You have a company, right? You run a startup that is doing fintech and is making it easy for people to receive payments everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, the government will just wake up on it and say, you know what, we are blocking this and it is over. Do you understand? So, yeah, yeah like, government, I've never seen a country anywhere in the world where the private sector outran the government. The government had to step up and the private, do you understand? Like, they have to meet each other halfway, basically. Yeah, exactly. So, so basically, that's that's it. But like, there's so much potential. Mm-hmm. Like so much. It's so crazy. It's like don't don't the, doesn't the government do feasibility studies? Don't they see that this could actually like this could generate them a lot of money? Like what's exactly like it's 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 so frustrating to think about. Maybe like maybe what's the, stopping people? Yeah, like what like as in. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, it's it just doesn't like when you think of, it doesn't it's frustrating. make any sense. Like, <clears throat> it's like this like very small thing. Like some things you put very small investments in, right? And then they just they could just make so much so much for money. You. But like, I like maybe they're just not ready to do the work. I think our government is a generally incompetent one, mm. so there is no logic to it. Mm. I don't think. for everybody it's so frustrating because yeah you're right like i haven't even seen half the country but i know that there's potential um, there but would you think um like if someone was to do like let's say a documentary or something a film or create something that kind of stares emotional like um I don't know, like makes the public feel emotional about like the whole journey. Do you think that would force the government? Because maybe the government doesn't care, but then people suddenly care about wanting to go to those places in the documentary, wanting to see. He's shaking his head. (laughs) No, you don't think so? I will will explain. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way way Nigeria is, it's a massless pyramid. Everybody's sitting at the bottom, like. Uh, for most people, like there's this need to to be safe. Be safe. Like Nigerians just want some safety, and so it's why you speak to Nigerians and you hear Nigerians. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like that for people outside Nigeria, but you hear Nigerians say stuff like like privileged Nigerians say stuff like, "Oh, I know I'm in a bubble and I'm fine with it. Like I'm comfortable in my bubble, right? Building this safety of a perfect life and ignoring like a lot of the rest." Mm. Um, again. To, to stay up 
that thing I say should be should, you want to stay up. It will it will it will work only when it speaks to a collective Nigerian identity. Okay. Currently, I don't think that exists okay. inside Nigeria. Okay. The idea of a of a patriotic Nigerian is a diasporan concept. Okay. Hmm. That's the That's yeah. interesting. That almost yeah. that exactly sad. brings us to the last question we had today. Yeah. About that um that struggle that you had with the so-called pan-Nigerian identity. Um, and we've we've it's almost like throughout this whole conversation, we've talked about it here and there, like talked about how there is no basis in in anything like to like call yourself Nigerian, you know, the general sense of it. Do you think it's necessary though? Like, do you think there is a way to do that and still acknowledge the fact that we have all these really complex identities within our like specific villages, then going out to the regions, going out to the states and everything. Like, why don't you, first of all, could you start by explaining why you think that it doesn't exist? Then how you think, think we that we can create that mm-hmm. possibly in the future? Um. So it doesn't exist because there really is no okay. Tell me one minus bragging rights and maybe Jell-off. music and jollof rights. Jell-off is still um, um, a diasporan thing, but yeah, it is. It's not, it's not like natively. Even Afrobeat is not really ours. Like we've already here and there. But which is that's how culture, that's how culture works. Yeah. But like, tell me one thing, one advantage of being in Nigeria, just one. You've named that all of them. That is the same. Uh, like that's the same across the board. The board. You've named them. We have a rich history, but we're not tapping into it. No, but the rich history is still tribal. Yeah, but then we can find... I feel like if people... We just... I feel like we just don't know enough about each other. And if we know enough about... Okay, are you people... A lot of people know about their tribe, but that's it, right? No, no, no but Hadiza, I can mm-hmm. know about your tribe, but mm-hmm. not identify with it. It's, I can know about Canadian culture, but th- I'm not Canadian. Do you get what I mean? But... Okay, so, yeah, okay. So, I so think, let me say something. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible to have a collective Nigerian identity. And I think it is important. Um, How? Then? But the thing here is, um, you, are, you are not Canadian, right? Mm-hmm. But you... <laughs> Soonest. You respect... <laughs> but like, you look for it. And the reason you look for it is because Canada has a promise, has a mm-hmm. true promise that you can see, that you already experienced. And it's kind of like you have a great school of, and you are, you are currently in your trial period. Like you're still in trial, 30 day trial, right? <laughs> your law, your trial. Yes. <laughs> um, I spoke to some of them for an interview, and he said the Nigerian dream is to minimize your losses because there will be losses. Do you understand? Like, yeah. You are, you are get, one day you are going to be on your way to work and on your way back home after a stressful day at work and you're going to like fall inside a ditch and drown because someone in the government didn't think to cover that. Um, you are going to drive on the highway and enter a pothole and have accident. And it's me because someone did not cover that pothole. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to serve your country for years, right? And... It's time for a pension, and you will not get a pension because someone in government ate your money. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So there's, there's really, it's a very vicious cycle where people, it's, it's like in this um, dystopian movies where the world is falling apart. People are just booting here and there. People are in survival mode. 
right, okay. and are thinking of themselves first because as a collective, as a group of people, there really isn't anything to gain. Do you understand? So if you ask me, what's, what's the solution? My solution, first of all, is to look at history. There are a lot of grievances in Nigeria. Every region has a conflict. Um, as has an intra, like, within them conflict. Maybe except the Northwest. But most people have their own conflict. But the Northwest has banditry to deal with. And those things tend to be, like, ethnic, right? In in Osho states, if you are in Ife and you go to Modakeke to go and get a land, you could get killed, right? Mm. Um, yeah, so, like, there's a lot of ethnic tension, mostly from old grudges and old wounds, and if we do not confront those things first, we can't come forward, right? Because an Igbo man will always be paranoid of, say, a Northerner. A man will always be paranoid of an Igbo man. But by the time we, by the time we speak to these grievances and acknowledge them that they exist, then we can begin to move forward. A good example, of course, everybody's favorite example these days is Rwanda, right? Mm. You go to Rwanda. And apparently, goes to Rwanda and you ask a person, are you even told to see? They say, no, I'm Rwanda. Mm. Right. We're going to do a podcast episode on that because there's still negative effects from that. There have still been negative um, outcomes from the bliss that they're enjoying to an extent. But yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. But I understand what you mean. They acknowledge their past. I think I kind of agree with you because my general opinion on leadership is that a true test of a good leader is what happens after you leave. Kind of like Hugo Chavez was a great leader, was a great revolutionary until he was no longer alive yeah. and his country fell apart because of his mistakes. Um, so I mean, we, we look. I look forward to seeing what happens after Kagame, right? I'm a little worried. Like sometimes I worry about. He's, the, I mean, I mean yeah. I, but I have my own like, to worry about. But I worry about that one. Yeah. So yeah. But I, I believe so. Like I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even about, I'm not necessarily about us abandoning our native differences. I, I believe they are worth celebrating. I believe they are a selling point um, because we can collect people's money by just telling them that ah, look at this tribe, look at this language, we can just collect white people's money. Um, and I'm all for see, collect the bag. Yes. <laughs> but but then those things need to be addressed. Yeah. We need to have a as a people we don't have that yes yeah that's a really good way to conclude that um before you go like could you talk a bit about like this is we've kind of come to the end of the topic about nigeria i know like um you guys at zikoko are doing this thing called aluta and chill could you yeah. talk about that a bit okay so um if you look at every statistic in nigeria um you see oh the largest demographic in nigeria is young people like 40 something percent of the population is below 35 years old. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when, when I joined this people last year, I was trying to like think of ways to target audiences. One thing I realized that the most underrepresented voice in this youth block is the student voice. Huh. So, if you start for ASU Strike, you don't see students' opinions. Mm-hmm. It's always the ancient people that are talking about it. You get you see old men arguing with each other about Asu. If you Google, like it's never really students talking to them. Like it's not. So I I kept thinking, and everybody in the office to the struggle. And we're like, how? What can we do to like just find the student voice? Like, and I was thinking, I was thinking of revolutionary, revolutionary ideas, and I was like, wait, 
Brandon Stanton is already doing something that works, which is Humans of New York, mm. right? And then I was like, you know what? What if we just attempt to create an army of Brandons everywhere? Because in one way, first of all, they find the original stories that even me, I'm like, huh, do you understand? Yeah. Secondly, we attempt to create a talent pipeline because, you know, they say talent is evenly distributed opportunities not right so like what is the experience like what was it like for a student what was it like being a student when Boko Haram was mounting checkpoints in my degree like a few years ago yeah that's it that's a story that's a story yeah we deserve to hear and there's a ton of that so this it's an attempt to try to find students everywhere and it's not just students in Nigeria students everywhere do you understand so um, we hear these things where People at school in Nigeria always like look at abroad students. I'm like, all these ones, like they are coming here with their big head, whatever, whatever. But you realize that many students, and you probably know one or two students, many students, their parents teacher had to sell everything to send them to school. Yeah. Do you understand? Some people, and even after selling everything, still can't even afford it, and people still come here. Some people still struggle. Yeah, work. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. struggle. Struggle generally. Yeah. So those stories are important because it's it's. It gives us a sense of what it means to be a Nigerian student, even in these places, even when we, where we think it is easy. Do you understand? Yeah, that's, that's, that's basically the point of a little answer. Just amplifying the student voice everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might evolve, but for now, it is still very Humans of New York-esque, and we are constantly looking for students who are interested in becoming curators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when this, this episode rolls, like, we're also going to drop a link on our, on our Twitter again, at Africalypso Pod on Twitter. You can follow us, and then we're going to post all those links. So, um, yeah, if you follow us, you can, like, see all of that. We'll post that. I think it's a really, really good, like, opportunity, like, to hear stories. Like, there are, even just amongst my friend groups, there, there, really are a lot of stories that like we we tell amongst ourselves but are really really sorry what did you say collect these stories collect them (laughs) yeah we got you we got you um and lastly very last thing before we go because we know you're very busy um so we do this thing on this podcast where we do lesson from the week so like anything that you have learned from your experiences this week anything at all it doesn't have to be related to anything we've said just something that your life experience has taught you this and you don't even have to expand it's just simple and sweet yeah teach your children early oh you have kids teach your children the importance of, importance of money early um <laughs> I, I i interviewed someone this babe she's 29 and she's, she's so rich i mean she's rich by nigerian 29 standards yeah i mean i asked her, i asked her she has any emergency phone and she, has, she says she has about 10 million and saved up somewhere. I see what you're doing for this. <laughs> and it all began because when she was 13, her mom left poultry for her to sell and she sold 300 birds, 200 birds and made 300 on top of each bird. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. saw how she learned, she started learning quickly how to make money. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have, like adulting was much easier. Because she didn't have to start figuring out things. And like me now, that I'm constantly just trying, like, what what I'm supposed to buy a duvet? What? <laughs> like, it doesn't come. Doesn't yeah. <laughs> Package. <laughs> so that's it. I think it doesn't. I think my own lesson is that our children are not idiots. Teach them. 
It's so crazy. I feel like Nigerians don't see children as human beings until they reach a certain age. Yes, until, yes, yes. Until they are, for women, they start seeing women, like the moment, so the moment a girl, first of all, in Nigeria is working, like they first start prepping for marriage, mm. right? Then a boy, Andrew. the moment, the moment you're, not, you're not a person as a boy until you first of all start making money. Mm-hmm. Because that's when, like, that's when I have, I have opinions. It's saying have anything. opinions, yeah. yeah. Did I ask for your opinion? <laughs> As in, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's true. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, my lesson from the week. Oh, I know mine. I can go. Okay, go, go, go. Okay, me. my lesson of the week is comparison is a is a really big issue, and I realized like I was really doing it. So I started a new job this um week. And like they hired like a lot of people at once. Thank God, right? Thank oh, she, God. She, she, she. Um, she, she's sponsoring my rent. That's not hers. what's happening. Yeah. That's, that's not that's what's what happening. Because um, mm-hmm. they hired like a lot of people at once. So like we're going through the training together. And like, bro, I've just been comparing myself all week. It's just mm-hmm. like, I haven't really had the time to really immerse myself into the company culture yet because all I've been doing is like I really hope like they don't see me as the bottom of the barrel da 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 and all of that so like stop comparing yourself and just like sometimes like experience things as an individual because like your experience is really what matters and you should be comparing yourself with where you were last week which is jobless so like I've come fast. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank God. Nice. What's yours? Um, I would say mine is traditional weddings are gorgeous. Oh. Yeah. Like, I went for a traditional wedding yesterday. I didn't know who was, who was getting fast. married. I was just, you know, tagging along with a friend. And I was just like, wow. It was a Yoruba wedding. Oshun and Ogu or something. I don't remember. What's that? Like, as in the states that we're getting married. Ile oh, okay, Fair okay, 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 okay. They stayed that in the weddings. Uh, they do. Uh, they were like, now nah, I'm taking my bride to Lay Fair. We're on a journey to Lay Fair. Your so extra. Oh my God. You better your husband. Yeah, it was weddings. so nice. Like, as in, like, there was a point where, like, they were like, um, you know, now they talk, call the bride, right? And they told the bride to talk to her mother. And her mother is going to send her to her husband's place. And, like, it's crazy because, personally, like, I'm not a very big marriage advocates or like i'm not marriage advocate like as in like i'm i'm all for marriage but like i just don't like marriage is not something i think about it's not a big thing yet. but like as in just seeing that just made me like feel so like wow like this is actually very nice like the symbolism in it was of just everything. so rich and like i was just like my friend my friend was t- kept tapping me and she was like Hadiza, do i get married so i can <laughs> Yeah. Weddings do that to you. Yeah, like yeah, it was. I mean, like, after I, I was like, "That's nice." Like, but back to normal. But like, well, even being there, I was just like, "This is just beautiful." beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's my lesson. The culture is yeah. rich and nice. And Anyways, thank you so much for for coming. Honestly, on this. like. like you we, should have seen us when, first of all, when I messaged you, you, you replied. No, you didn't even say yes. You just replied. I was like, yo, <laughs> the guy that went to all the states in Nigeria replied me. <laughs> We're like, wow. Me too. I was actually shocked. Actually. But it's, I, I think it's yeah. really nice for these stories to be heard because, yeah, it's, it's really good. And do you have any plans to write like things, documentaries, or like anything with what you've experienced? So- Oh my god, you asked the question. <laughs> so my biggest right now is my work 
like working at Zikoko, it takes a lot of my time, mm-hmm. and I have a book I should be working on mm-hmm. about the like, okay, to get like everything, like, and that, that's 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 not like that's not happening, yeah. But like, I started, like, I get all 80,000 words, and I'm currently at like 11,000. No, that's good. That's good. For someone, you have a full-time job or, like, still, like, you know, it makes sense. I've been at level cover for a long time. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it's, you started. That's yeah, all that matters. Yeah. Like, as long as you go on and you keep doing it, like, maybe over weekends or whatever. Like, even though your job bleeds into... Yeah. <laughs> He's like, mm, you move. Not so. <laughs> no, but, like, do you I have mean, a, Do you have a set deadline that you say, okay, by this time, I should have been done with the book? Do you have a deadline? Like- you know what? I'm going to start a deadline now. I'm going to be done mm-hmm. by by July 30th. Yes. Hey. Amen. <laughs> nice, nice, Did nice. Did you see the way he closed his eyes and he I professed said, it? I said every 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 month on Twitter, we'll be reminding you. Where is our book? <laughs> oh, actually, we'll it? wait till July 31st. We'll mark it in our calendar. Then this we'll year or next year? You mean next year, right? Do you mean this year? This year. I want to get, I want, I want to get it out of the way okay. before I travel. We'll keep you accountable because we will be here. We will be waiting and we'll be, yeah. So just expect it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Eshegan. Okay. Ah. Abi, Oshegan. Which one, which one has more respect on the Eshe or Eshe? Eshe, Eshe. And we, it's gonna, this, uh, what, what? He said closing prayer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's Father true. Lord, this is nice. This is it. Take us where we we didn't start with opening prayer. We didn't start wow. opening prayer. Wow. <laughs> okay. Don't turn back down. Yeah. Yes. No, we won't. Yeah. Remember the children of you are. Yeah. Remember our children who you know my father told me before I I, every, I came every here. Every single. Person. He was like. You know, know who the your father is. Are coming from. <laughs> I said, no, your, your, your father. <laughs> don't ask me. Not me. Not, not don't think about the family. Don't give me. a fuck about the family. <laughs> me. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank All right. You. All right. You Bye. too. Bye. Bye.